one of the things is you didn't do a lot of sales calls for this launch. I never do sales calls. You never do sales calls. This might be the biggest thing that people are like, what, what'd you just say? Hey babe, welcome to the sales and social podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. I'm coming in hot today with you guys. All right, I'm coming in hot, all right, because our guest is going to be all about no bullshit today. All right, we're going to be talking about sales, we're going to be talking about community, but most importantly, we're going to be talking about how you can get to that next level, how you can make some more money and do it in a way that feels good. Jillian, welcome to the show. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. I thought you were going to say like, I'm coming in hot because my guest is so hot today and I was like waiting for it, Jake. I was so freaking excited, but... Jake, thank you so much for having me today. I am one such of your biggest fans, and I'm so excited to pour into your audience today. Our energy is going to be off the freaking chart today, so let's freaking go. Yeah, absolutely. And real quick, for those of you that are just tuning in, you can obviously see all this in the show notes, but Jillian Murphy is, is an expert on sales and community. She has over 22 years of business experience in this space. She's built her own businesses. So I want to just jump straight in if that's right with you, Jillian. Yeah, let's rock and roll. Okay. And I'm going deep straight from the get-go. Do it. We live in a world where there are two very conflicting methods of sales. Yeah. You have, and I would say conflicting mindsets. You have people who are like, I'm never going to do this. It feels so bad. I just, I can't do this. I'm not going to do it. And then you have other people who are like, I will sell anything to anybody at any time. Yeah. If you are talking to someone in either one of those spectrums, what are some of the fundamentals around sales, especially if you're running a digital business of some sort? Yeah. Oh my God. This is such a great question. I love that we're diving like right into this. So when people come to me, no matter if they're building a digital business, an offline business, whatever it is, like you have got to have such an unwavering self-belief in what it is that you do. Whether you are selling a cup of coffee, you were selling a purple tank top, or you were writing a book, you were like, this is going to be the very best thing. And I'm ready to bring it to the world. Because if you don't have the self-belief, one, you are going to get stuck because entrepreneurship is hard. It's going to have ebbs and flows. There's going to be peaks and valleys. But when you have this belief that you are the best at what it is that you do, you are going to keep going. And also your audience is going to feel it as well. You know, you and I have a mutual friend, Tracy of, you know, Tracy O'Malley, who does the Enneagram. And I was just on her podcast last week. And what we actually talked about is like, Tracy's like, you know, I'm the best freaking person in the world at the Enneagram. And even if she wasn't, but she is. 
that energy is what makes her so successful. So whatever it is that you do, if you're listening to this podcast right now, literally say to yourself every day, I'm the best author. I'm the best podcaster. I'm the best sales coach. I'm the best Enneagram coach, right? Get in that self-belief because that is where it begins to make you successful in sales and your audience can feel it. This is a really good point because, and I want everyone to listen, you didn't say you need to know the right script. You need to talk to the right person. You need to do this. You need to do this funnel. You didn't, you didn't say that. You said you have to have a self-belief in yourself and know that you are great at what you do. A lot of people though, when they're just starting, they have this, this mindset that, well, I don't have a ton of clients yet. So am I actually that good? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what you see people doing is they have, let's say a nine to five and they transition over to becoming a coach or a consultant or a speaker or an author. And they're really good at what they do, but that confidence doesn't translate because now they're in control of finding their own clients. Mm-hmm. So how do you build up that self-belief to help people recognize that they still are very good? It's just in a different way. Yeah. So I am not like a woo-woo person at all. I'm actually like the worst mindset coach at all you probably ever have on your podcast. But there is an exercise that I walk all my clients through, especially when they are beginners. And it's actually called the rule of 100. And if you guys listen to this podcast right now, go back, grab a piece of paper and a pen. And what I want you to do is I actually want you to write down 100 reasons why you are the best at what it is that you do. And you will get stuck around like number 25, 26. And then you're going to have to go back and dig a little deeper. You're going to get stuck around like 50 and you're going to be like, shit, I only have like 50 things. You're going to have to go back. And this list will take you a little bit of time. It'll probably take you a couple of weeks to do. This list of a hundred is going to be everything as you get stuck in entrepreneurship, as you want to increase your prices, as clients leave you, as your launches fail, which they will, newsflash, as maybe somebody doesn't buy your next offer. But if you continuously hone in on why you are so good at something, you will not let external validations be what actually keeps you so good. You guys, I'm a sales ninja. People tell me no all the time. People leave my programs. I have unsuccessful launches, but I have this list of 100 literally on my whiteboard. And I look at what makes me so good as a coach, what makes me so good as a mentor. And that's what I hone in on. And I harness that every single day when I wake up and I look at this list every single day. So I promise you guys do this exercise. It'll be a game changer. I love that. I, I really love that. I've, I've been doing something similar. I, I've been calling it the I'm the man list. Oh my God. I love and it. it's, and you it's play that song. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, right? I'm the man. And, and that's a great song, <laughs> by the way. And, and as I'm writing this though, the, the whole purpose of this, and you know, we're in, we're in the same mastermind and, and Chris kind of gave me this idea version of this. Um, and the concept of it is just start listing out like why you're the man or why you're the best, like in, in different ways. And, and, and for me, what that's done is that reminds me without being an arrogant prick, yeah. it reminds me of how great I really am. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that part of sales is being able to exude that confidence, knowing that you're great without having to say it out loud all the time. Yeah. And that's the energy that can make a huge difference when you're selling and make sales easier. Would you agree with that? Oh, I would absolutely agree with this too. And I love that you actually just said that about Chris. Another thing that I want you guys to think about when it comes to selling, and it's kind of like going back to like the, I'm the man, right? Or on the woman list. It's like, 
what are you doing? And I'm plugging Chris here because he actually said this recently in a recent podcast, I think it was, but like, what are you doing that is standing out from the rest that is making you outstanding? Because this is also what will make you the man or the woman that makes you exceptional, which then also drives your sales. So the space is saturated, right? There's a thousand coaches. There's a billion business coaches. Thankfully, there's not a lot of sales coaches, but there's a million of everything. So what are you doing to stand out, to be outstanding right now? So that that is what makes you the man, right? In air quotes, as Jake just said, that's another thing that you guys can really ask yourself as an invitation to really draw in Mm. that inner work. Mm. All right. So talk to me about this. Riddle me this, Jillian. You just it. did a successful launch. Yeah. Okay? You've had launches that worked. You've had launches that have worked really well. And you've had launches that haven't worked as well. One of the things is you didn't do a lot of sales calls for this launch. I never do sales calls. You never do sales calls. This might be the biggest thing that people are like, what, what'd you just say? Yeah. You don't do sales calls. So mm-hmm. walk me through how you're able to have people. And and real quick, before I ask the question, what is the general price point of things that you sell? Or just maybe what was the price point of this launch? Because I want people to understand, like, you're not just selling a $5 ebook, right? Yeah. So this last launch that I did was a $15,000 price point. Okay. $15,000 price point. I want everyone to listen to this. And she didn't get on the phone once with someone to to talk through what the offer was, what deliverable she was going to give and all these things. My question to you is, how do you engage that conversation in the messages? How do you eliminate the objections or handle the objections? How do you like, like walk me through what the, what the sales process looks like just from the DMS. Yeah, of course. And I actually want to go back before we actually talk about that is I have an unwavering self-belief in every single thing that I launch. So going back to this, I knew that I was going to launch this and I was like, I'm going to sell 10 people into this. Even the days that nobody was asking me about it, even the days that my DMs were crickets, even the days that I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I had an unwavering self-belief. So I think this is very important for you guys to also know that I never was like, I don't know if anybody's going to buy this or maybe I should lower the price or maybe I should change it up. Once I set my mind to something, I see it through all the way through its entirety. So I think that's like a really good thing for you guys to know. So going back to sales calls, I don't do sales calls because I truly believe that if you are doing the pre-work, right? I always say like the marketing is like the foreplay of sex. Okay. I don't know if I can say this on the podcast. Maybe Jake will edit it out. But if you are doing the foreplay, the sex is really good. So doing the marketing, doing really good content, building the community, getting to know people, building relationships giving them wins off of your podcast, giving them wins off of your content, right? So all of these things were already happening. So I didn't have to build like no one trust on a sales call. I didn't need to really overcome a lot of objections because people were already in my world. They were already here. I also listened, this is huge. I also listened to my audience of what it was that they wanted. A lot of people are launching things that they really want. Oh, I'd love to build a retreat. Did your audience ask for a retreat? I'd love to write a book. Does your audience want a book? I'd love to sell coffee mugs. Does your audience want coffee mugs, right? Listen to your audience and see what they want. So I listened to what my audience wanted, okay? Then I started to tease it out on my stories. This is what I had. I also sold this for 21 days. That's all I sold it for. I did four emails. That's all I put out. 
So I literally just shared it on my stories. And then something that I do very well, I will shamelessly plug myself, is I do a lot of backdoor selling. So what this looks like is if I know people that will be a good fit for something, I literally invite them into the offer. So let's just say Jake was a good fit for this mastermind. I would be like, Jake, I love supporting you last year in one-on-one coaching. I know when we ended one-on-one coaching, you said that you would love to work with me if I ever had a high-level mastermind. Guess what? I have a high-level mastermind coming out and I would love to invite you in. What does that feel like for you? But guess what? From the time Jake and I left one-on-one coaching, I've still been supporting them. I've still been talking. So it's still like nurturing all of these relationships. So I think that was like a lot of what I did for this. And again, you can definitely poke holes and ask me any questions that you want in this. Yeah, no, I, I, I love this. And I, th- I think it's really great. When, when you talk about, you know, I love the backdoor selling because I think that there is, and we talk about this a lot with book launches. Mm-hmm. There's no substitute for the personal outreach to the no. people that have already expressed interest in the work that you do, or they've already worked with you, or they've already done something similar to you. There's no substitute for that. Now, going back a little bit though, you know, walk me through it. Just, if you can just simplify each step of this process and just super quickly go through like step one, step two, step three, that you chose to do for this launch. Yeah. So step one that I did was I decided what I was going to do and I was going to create it. Step two, I literally created two Canva graphics. You guys, that's all I did. I did not have a sales page. I did not have a website. I created two Canva graphics. One Canva graphic said, who is this for? With four bullet points. This is for you if, was at the top, four bullet points. One, two, three, four. That was it. One Canva graphic. The other Canva graphic said, this is what's included. Four bullet points. That was it. Simplicity sells complexity confuses people. Okay. So I didn't have a mile long sales page. I didn't drive them to a website. It was literally that. The other thing that I did was I shared that camera graphic out every day, if not every other day. So my stories, which I always say is your hottest audience saw that every single day. So it was repetition for 21 days. This is what it is. This is what it is. I also created a lot of hype around it. Who's coming? Like Jake's going to be there, right? Lindsay Schwartz is going to be there. So I created a lot of hype around it. So that was something that was very simple. I did the backdoor selling of it. I also nurtured people that were already in my current audience. So I have a level right before this mastermind. So I have an Ascension model. So what I also started to do was I started to sell to the people that were in the audience prior. So I have like a business foundational mastermind. So I sold to them. I would say, hey, I have this next offer. If you're interested in coming to it, that's amazing. And I want you guys to think about this. It's only 10 spots. So what does your community look like? If you have one-on-one coaching or you have a membership or you have warm leads, you should be able to sell 10 people into something, if you have a network, if you have a community, and if you are nurturing people, I always say you should be able to sell 10 people every single week, something. And if you don't, this is when you have to go back and be like, okay, do I have a lead generation problem? Do I have a marketing problem? Do I have a messaging problem? And then that's where you kind of analyze the data and then go from there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So tactical. I love it. I love it. I'm very tactical. I am like 
I love the strategy of things. Um, And I think, I think this is the other thing too. We really tend to overcomplicate sales, right? Like I need to do a website and a sales page and all of these things. I literally just talked about the offer and I shared who it was for. And one thing that I do very well is I make it very simple. If you want to grow your sales over the next 12 months, this mastermind's for you. If you want to increase your profitability over the next 12 months, this mastermind is for you. People don't need a lot of information, right? And then the other thing was like, I just followed up with people. People would say like, oh, I re- I'm kind of interested in that mastermind. Okay, like let's follow up. And I want to I want to go back really quick about the sales call thing because I think when people hear me on podcasts, they're like, oh, well, she's like over sales calls or she thinks she's too good for sales calls. The reason why I actually don't do sales calls has a lot to do with your personality type. So a lot of people should not be getting on sales calls. Your personality type has a lot to do with getting on sales calls. Mm. So it's really important for you to know, one is, are you trained in sales calls? If if you're not a sales ninja, you should not be getting on sales calls because you're not going to know how to overcome objections. You're not going to know how to wean a conversation together. You're not going to know how to handle like bringing it back, right? So a lot of people should not be getting on sales calls if they are not trained in sales. You're better in the DMs because you have time to think. You have time to process. If somebody says to me, oh, I got to check with my husband, I can like think like, what do I want to say to that, right? And then also, a lot of people are really analytical, A lot of people are really logical, right? I, if you haven't noticed on this podcast, I have a very dominating personality. That's not always great for a sales call. So it's important that you know your personality type and knowing where you're better. So Mm. I'm actually much better on like voice notes and texting than I actually am on a sales call. So that's actually why I don't do sales calls. You guys, I've done six sales calls in two and a half years. That's it. And only because they were like, can I please get on a sales call? And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. It's really interesting that you say that because I think we often fall into the trap of, oh, that's what all these people are doing. That's what all the marketing is saying. I need to do that. And I think like, like I've fallen into this trap myself. You know, when I was kind of beginning my adventure in the online world, what I did was I looked at what are all the people, you know, of seven steps ahead. Right. And I was like, okay, I need to be doing that. But the problem was is by doing those things, I wasn't able to get the results because I didn't have the foundation to support the the actions that I was actually doing. So by trying to do too much, I actually did less, right? And then when you simplified it, kind of like what you're talking about, you open the door to creating opportunity that's clear, very tangible, very, very real, very, very, almost like you can grasp what you're talking about. And, And I think you've done that really, really well on this podcast and on your content and how you operate. And when it, when you think about this, you know, you, you mentioned something earlier, which is, you know, create an offer people actually are asking for and they actually want. Most of the time, people create the offer they want, right? Of course. They're like, I think people are going to want this. Mm-hmm. How do you go about creating the community that actually gives you the answers to this? And, and do you just ask them? Do you make polls? Do you, do you put them in a Facebook group? Like where do you go to foster this community and this feedback so that you know what to do? So, you know, you're creating something with buyers. Yeah. So one, I actually, 
I have a very engaged community that took me about a year to build, right? So there's a very big difference between having an engaged community versus having like followers on Instagram. So this might be a really great invitation for you to really ask yourself like, oh, do I have an engaged community or do I just have followers, right? You really want to have an engaged community that people are giving you responses to stuff, right? And remember that people are lazy inherently, right? So it's going to take time for people to respond to stuff or do these things. I don't put out anything without asking my audience what it is that they want, because I don't want to do the work and put a masterclass out, a podcast episode out, even the name of things without my audience asking. So even something as simple as like my podcast name is sales and social, my community named that this mastermind I just did was sales society. My community name that I get my community to buy into everything. They bought into my podcast art. We even talked about this in the, in the mastermind chat, right? Like my community did not like my first podcast art. And I was like, okay, they don't really like it. Like I get my community to buy into everything because when they buy in and they're raving fans about what it is that I'm doing, they are excited about it. And how you know that you have a community is like, they treat it like their own. They're like, I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing. I'm excited about this, right? And that's how you kind of know if you have followers or you have like a community. But remembering that a community takes time to build, right? You can get followers. You could go get 100 followers today. That's very different than 100 active people in your community. So community takes longer. Community takes time to build and it takes time by building relationships, having connections, conversations, organic things, right? So even today in my business, you know, I have a Facebook community that I nurture. It's like my baby. I only have 1300 people in there, but I have like 1300, like raving fans in there. I've made multiple six figures out of there versus a Facebook group with like 30,000 people that has like a 5% engagement rate. So it's really about less numbers when you're building a community versus like virality of things. So I think that's really key when you're building a community. And then the second thing is really asking your audience, like, what do you need? Like, what do you want? Right. So I ask people all the time, like, hey, I'm hosting a masterclass this month. Do you guys want to learn about content or do you guys want to learn about social media? I'm doing a masterclass this month. Do you guys want to learn about a sales plan or do you want to learn about this? Because what I want to teach on is not always what my audience wants to learn, right? I have a mastermind right now and it's called Sales and Social Mastermind. And it's funny because I thought it was like the dumbest name. I was like, this is not like a great name for a mastermind. I actually wanted to call my mastermind Cash. And when I pulled my audience, they were like, ew, I do not like the name of that mastermind. So imagine if I put out graphics that were like money and cash and green, even though it's the same concept and it's me teaching it, they were not bought into it. They loved this like pale, hot pink, feminine, like sales and social mastermind. So getting your audience to buy into things is so key. The other thing is asking the people that you're serving right now, what do you need next? So I have a retention rate of about 87% in the coaching space, which is like kind of unheard of. And the reason why my clients stay so long is because when they're with me, I ask them what they need next, and then I build it. So often people have an offer, and then they go and they create something else for somebody else that they're not even serving yet. Just serve the people that you have now, and then create the next offer for them, and then move them to the next offer with you. 
So like this launch that I just had, you know, $150,000 launch, 10 people joined it. Four of them were already in my current mastermind. So I moved them from that to the next one. Two of them were in one-on-one coaching. I moved them to the next one. And then the rest were new people. So you don't always need new. You just need to serve the people that you already have and ascend them to the next thing with you. That was a lot of stuff. I'm sorry. No, no, this is really good. This is really good. You know, one thing that comes up for me that I'm curious about is I think it's amazing when you communicate with your audience, like, like, I think that's the pinnacle of building, you know, culture, a a team, a a support is like having people buy into the overall thing, whether it's theirs or not, they're happy to be there. They're excited. They're engaged. But my question to you is around, you know, your community, and there's, this is a two-parter here. I'm going to give you the first part. Your community is going to give you a ton of feedback, Mm -hmm. right? And hopefully it's all the same feedback because that makes it really easy. And you know that that's the right decision. Yeah. But sometimes an engaged community could be pulling you in four different directions. Yeah. How do you navigate what the community wants versus what your gut might tell you or what you feel is like actually the direction you want to go? Yeah. At the end of the day, it still has to be something that one is an integrity for what you want to do and for where the overall vision or the brand is that you're driving it to, right? So let's just use an example of like my podcast art, right? So recently I changed my podcast art. And let's say half of my audience was like, oh my gosh, I hate this. But I was really, really bought into what I wanted. I would ask myself, okay, what's the vision of the brand? Where do I want this brand to go? Am I serving these people forever or am I like taking it somewhere else? So at the end of the day, it still has to be like what you feel really true in your gut. Or like, let's say it's a masterclass or an offer. You could do one now and then you could do one the next month, right? So I have a Facebook group for an example. And a lot of times, so I host a monthly masterclass. So a lot of times I'll say like, hey, what do you guys want to learn next month? And a lot of times it'll be 50-50. Okay, I'll do one next month and then one the month after. Or maybe they'll get a bonus one, right? Or maybe one will be a masterclass and one will be an Instagram live or a podcast. So that's kind of what I do. Or sometimes I'm like, no, this is not what I'm teaching. I'm going to teach you guys something else. But I'll tell you a really funny story, okay? I love to talk sales plans. I think it's like what every single entrepreneur needs. I feel like no one actually talks about sales plans. And every time I do a podcast episode on it, nobody literally downloads that podcast. I have done three master classes on it. It's my most like non-attended master class. And every time I ask my audience about if they want to learn about sales plans, they say no. So this is a great example of even though I'm so passionate about it, I know it's what they need. I know it's why they're not hitting their sales. They're just not bought into sales plans. They just don't want to learn them. So it's like, this is such a great example of just listen to your community. They'll tell you what they want. Mm. Mm. This is interesting. Okay. The second part of this though, because I think you answered that really well. What happens in a case where, and let's say you're either at the beginning stages or you are looking to to scale, right? You, you've kind of hit something you've been consistently at. Let's let's just use this. You, you've kind of consistently hit that $100,000 a year range. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I need to get to the next level. But you have people saying that I want this offer. I want this offer. I want this offer. Well, what's your philosophy on how many offers should you really have in your in your product stack, in your value ladder, in your, in your offer suite, in your arsenal, whatever you want to call it? Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that? And, and what do you think people should have as they want to scale without 
though pleasing everybody or without having to then have the back end of 75 programs with two people in each one? Yeah. So I love this question. And I think even recently in the online space, you've seen a lot of people move into micro offers, which is where it is kind of like a circus and people have so many different offers. And I think this is the great thing about owning your own business is you can build your business in what feels good to you. Right? So there's a lot of people who have one offer and they've made multiple seven figures, right? Like my good friend, Jester Rose, she literally has one offer and she has skyrocketed that one offer. She's known for one thing. My last mentor has 75,000 offers. It's like a freaking circus. And she's built a multi seven figure empire. And I think what's important about that is this a lot comes down to you and how you're built. So if you are somebody that's very creative and you're somebody who likes a lot of things and you get excited and you want a lot of balls in the air and you have a lot of energy, then you probably will get bored with one offer, launching it all the time, running the same things like all the time. Like you have to also know you. And then if you're somebody who is very structured and you do just like one thing, then I think that is kind of for you. So I think this actually comes down a lot to like your personal thing. So like me, for an example, I ran micro offers last year. I was like, what's all the buzz about? I'm going to see what it's about. And it was like a circus. I have crazy bad ADHD. I was like, there's way too much going on. I have a thousand things. I didn't like it. I'm really big on like four or five solid offers. It makes sense. It's an ascension and I can run with that. So I think it's really comes down to the person and are you going to get bored selling the same thing? Because let's be honest, you're going to always be talking about the same thing. I talked about this with Jess on my podcast. I'm like, are you bored of talking about the same offer for the last 10 years? And she's like, no, because I know that it works and it's rinse and repeatable. So I think it you really comes down to like who you are as a person and making sure that the business model fits for you and knowing that you can always change it. Yeah. And you answer that in such a way that it just leads me perfectly to something I've, I wanted to ask you about, which is content. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I believe that, you know, as much as I believe that every person in the online space or every business owner should have a book, because I think it's the, the most versatile marketing asset you could have. Absolutely. I also know that you don't have to have this if you want to be successful. You can have whatever approach works for you that you're willing to show up and do consistently over, over time. But for you, you know, you're talking about all of these great things and Jess is a friend of mine as well. And, and I love kind of how you use the different examples and the, and the different trial and tribulations of, of seeing what works for you. But let's talk about content for a second. Yeah. Content, I think, is a huge expression of somebody and their personality. And I think that something that you do really well is, I hope you don't mind me saying this, is like yeah. some of your content is incredibly simple. It's so but, simple. But it's super effective. <laughs> and you know, one of your recent posts, you used a picture of you in the background, you put copy over it. <laughs> and then for six slides or something like that, it was the same picture in the background yeah. and you just changed the text. Yeah. And some people are like, what? Like, wait, is that allowed? Like, you know, like almost permission to keep it so simple. And so I want to ask you like, you know, is that just your style? Is that what you found has worked the best? Or like, how did you end up keeping it simple, but also just like doing really, really great and effective content? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question. And it's funny because I have a video editor who makes my reels. And then my daughter is actually my graphic designer. And I always tell them like, they're going to both be out of a job because my content that does the best is the one that I do on my notes app that takes me 37 seconds to make. So I don't know why the notes app posts are the ones that do the best, but I think part of it is just being like in the energy of doing it. But 
When it comes down to content, I have so many ways that I can take this. One is giving yourself permission to just do what feels good to you. Like what feels good to you? Do you want to do a reel today? Then do a reel today. Do you want to do a really simple post? Then do a post today. Are you watching the Grammys and something really like motivates you and activates you? Then like grab your phone and put it on a notes app. Do you just want to repurpose the same piece of content you did a week ago? Then repurpose the same piece of content you did a week ago. So I think it's all about simplicity. Also, your audience needs to hear the same thing over and over and over. So if you guys follow me, which I hope you guys do, you will see I literally say the same thing over and over and over, week after week after week after week. I'm not trying to be the jack of all trades in my in my content. I'm literally telling you how to grow your sales over and over and over and over. So it's really about keeping it simple and keeping the message very clear and very concise. I want somebody to know as soon as they come to my page within 2.5 seconds, two things, what I do and how you can buy from me. Literally, that's it. So at any given day, literally any given day, you can come to my content and be like, I know she helps me with sales and I guarantee watching my stories, I'm selling something. So I want people to know and I want it to be so simple. Like I just want it to be simple. So give yourself permission to literally make it simple because again, simplicity sells and complexity repels. Mm. And and do yourself a favor here. Keep it simple and follow Jillian if you aren't already following her. Like it's it's that it's that easy. All right. Um, but no, it's 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 amazing because you know, I think when I look at your social media, I'm like, damn, like I get it. I get it, you know, and 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 I think, you know, we overcomplicate this because of what we see, right? And I think the, the ultimate result here that we're all looking for, if we want to grow our sales, if we want to grow our business, and this kind of summarizing everything you've said is keep it simple, mm-hmm. tell them what you know, yeah. invite them to join you. Literally, that's it. Like mic drop right there. That's like, that's the whole podcast episode, literally just like wrapped up in a, in a bowl. Yeah. And, and you've done such an incredible job though of breaking it down from a holistic standpoint of like making sure you know the mindset that you are great. Also, all the way to just like, here's the step-by-step process to doing it, right? And, and, and I think that's so valuable. I think people are going to get so much out of this. So, Jillian, like, how do we follow you? How do we buy from you? How do we join your community? Like, tell everybody where to go to be part of the fan club. Yeah, of course. Well, please come over say hello to me on Instagram. It is at the Jillian Murphy. And then you will see in the link in my bio, lots of fun ways. I have a podcast. So please come over, listen to the podcast. I give you guys straight tactical ways to grow your sales for free on the podcast. Um, I have a super fun membership. It's like two bucks a day or I do tons of free sales training. So come over, check it out. But honestly, just come over, binge my content, say hello to me. And if I can ever support you to grow your sales, there's lots of different ways. But let's just begin with the conversation. Mm, I love it. And guys, I, I say this every once in a while when we have a guest that, that really intrigues uh, with the tactics is go do what she said and then watch how she sells you. Okay. Because if you want to learn from someone who's really, really good at their craft, then get in their community. And while I would love for you to go buy from Jillian, maybe it's not the right time. Maybe you need to wait a couple months, but see what she's doing and just see her process. And then guess what? If it feels good to you, try it yourself. All right. And then of course, go buy her stuff so you can get better at what you're trying to do. Right. So I love that. And then I'm always willing to tell people this because it's, it's literally hacking the game. You know, you've given the systems, you execute the systems, you do what you just said. 
Well, if people really want to grow their sales, they're going to go follow you right now. So Jillian, this was amazing. Thank you, Thank so, you so much, much for being me. on the show. I appreciate oh you. Thank, Thank you, you so much on. for having me. It was absolutely amazing. Awesome. Well, you guys, you know what to do. We just talked about it. Go follow Jillian, go see what she's all about and check her stuff out. That's what I got for you this time. And I'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.